Welcome to the Every People's Podcast, where we share our stories family style. Here on the show, we dish out Christ and culture as a taste of the Every People's Worship in Revelation 7. I'm your host, Tom Sugimura, and our guests today are Jerome and Raquel Pagar. On this episode, I talk with the Pagars about growing up in the Philippines, meeting here in the valley, and the gospel ministry of food. The Pagars serve in our New Life Children's Ministry and with our church's hospitality team. Let's listen to their story. You both uh, grew up in the Philippines. Um, When did you come to the U.S.? Um, What was it like making that transition from you know, a, a different country to come here and be an immigrant. Um, what were some of those challenges that you faced coming to the Americans? Oh, for me, um, when, uh, before we, we came here, I came here with my brother. Uh, a year before, my mom had decided to come over and just try it out. I already had an aunt uh, that had lived here so she wanted a you know a better future for us at that moment. I guess she she thought that there weren't going to be more opportunities there. So when she came back, she decided to say, "Hey, let's let's try to migrate over here," and we did. But uh, it was only my brother and I that were able to apply for the visa and, and was granted. And my my dad ended up just staying put. Um, so when we came here, I was about almost turning thirteen, and didn't know. You know, at that time, you would think 13 knows a lot, but there we lived a simple life, simple life. <clears throat> and um, yeah, so I didn't really know what to expect. But when I got here, it was truly a culture shock. Uh, just because language-wise, I mean, I know enough English <laughs> to, to get by. You learned it in the schools? Yes. Uh, yeah, being in private school, they, they did teach that, but, you know, to, to speak fluently and all of that. So it's... It took some time. Um, I made uh, one thing I'm really thankful for that the Lord has given me just the ability to play basketball because through then that kind of connected me with a lot of, a lot of my friends. Mm-hmm. I made friends because of it. Uh, and because of that too, it kind of kept me away from gangs. Uh, it was very prevalent uh, growing up. You're growing up here in the Valley? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I was, I was living in Chatsworth, Northridge. So, even in the first few years of coming here, you know, we were kind of bouncing places. It was either my aunt's place or my aunt's work, or we finally got an apartment. We lived in a, a garage at one time. <laughs> and there was like, it wasn't just me, but there was other, you know, my relatives that came because we weren't established at that time. So my mom had to work. And so I had to take care of my brother most of the time. So it was a different way. Um, Compared to being in the Philippines, you have your nanny, you have your, you know, you have a driver and you have all of these things, uh, but here you kind of have to do everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it wasn't easy, I would say, but we didn't have a choice. Um, so we were, I, I felt like I was placed in that. Uh, and at, at times I questioned, like, why are we even here? But uh, definitely, you know, looking back now, just to see the faithfulness of God. That despite of all the things, you know, I was never in the street. You know, I was in the garage, but not in the street. <laughs> so, but just, you know, 
just the things that at times even some people take for granted, you know, because we would we can't afford a lot of things. So we would be like, you know, from the garage, we go to an apartment, one bedroom. We were just allowed there and there was like eight of us, mm. you know, so I ended up sleeping in the couch and all of that. So uh, definitely it was, it was, it was different. Yeah. It was different. Yeah. But I'm thankful that I, I, I saw the need and, and I, I, you know, God has given me the heart to just fill in the need because my dad wasn't around. And so, uh, yeah, and then we just going back and forth, moving to Carson, moving to back here in the valley, moving to Orange County. So I really feel like, you know, I can feel for Abraham in a sense. <laughs> you know, we're, we're just moving so many times. Yeah. Um, so when I read those stories, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's definitely I can I can understand that. But again, just God's faithfulness in my life. Um, just, you know, a lot of fears. There's a lot of. You know, because you have so many different people, uh, different nationalities, and mm-hmm. um, sometimes physically, even just like I said earlier about gangs, it were prevalent. So I'm this thankful. Was in the 90s, you were yes. Um, so like, how being Filipino in America or in the Valley during that time, what was it? Was there any kind of racial prejudice? Um, I, I would say I think it was just more foolishness. <laughs> In, in the hearts of people, because yeah, I, the way I would say, the way I would explain it, regular going to a public school, you're either there because you know you want to get a good education, so you're always in the books, you're always in the library, or you're you're an athlete and you go play, and that's where you spend a lot of time in, and then or you're in gangs because you hate everything, you don't want to do sports or study, and you just want to you know fool around, and that's when you get into trouble. So I'm very thankful that, that there's so many opportunities that I could have gone that di- in that direction. And there's not much supervision because my dad wasn't around, my mom wasn't around, but there was always that fear to go in that direction. And so I'm thankful that even then, it would, even if, even as an unbeliever, that I, you know, that I had enough fear to not go beyond what I know would dishonor my mom or even just knowing that God is around. So that, that kind of helped me uh, just focus on basketball most of the time, so. Yeah, that's good, yeah. that's good. And I'm sure one of the ways that, that God was working in your life was through your mother's influence. Um, mm-hmm. What were some of the sacrifices that she made to give you a better life here? Yeah, well, uh, like I said earlier, sometimes two, three jobs. You know, she had to put the income in there. Um, yeah, she definitely, uh, I'm very thankful that, um, you know, because there's even times she reminds me that she would come home and just be crying. She's like, oh, maybe we should just go home. And she told me, and I don't even really really remember, but she said, you know what you told me? And I'm like, no. She's like, we're already here, you know, so why don't we just make the best out of it? So that kind of kept her going. Um, But just the sacrifice, and, and I think... Uh, especially later on in, in my life where I got into the elderly care and just seeing the way she was really good at what she that, did. That's the job you're doing now? Just uh, It was. Okay. It was before because um, I, for many years I've, I've uh, helped her with the small business that does, you know, an agency that provides caregivers for the elderly. So I appreciated the fact that there's a lot of people that do like her and they, they enjoy having her around and she loves what she does. So it's just that she can't spend a lot of time with us. 
when we were younger. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, good. Well, thank you for sharing your story uh, there. Um, Ra- Raquel, what about, what about you? What, what was your transition like? Um, when did you come and what were some of the challenges you faced? Um, I came when I was 17 because my grandpa thinks that I was ready for college and so he just wanted me to finish high school there. And so when I came to college at Pierce, um, I didn't know it was going to be permanently. And so when I learned that, I was really sad because all my friends was in the Philippines. My, my life was there growing up. And so I was really, I, was, I think I was crying for the next year or two. <laughs> and then I had to learn all these things that I didn't know what to do, like washing dishes or doing my laundry or even folding my clothes, I never because had to Because you were do. so blessed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I, I never had to do that in the Philippines. I, I had to learn how to drive, and I had to learn how to cook. My family was all working, so I was alone in the house most of the time, and my sister goes to school. So when I, I would have to call the Philippines to even ask how to cook things, and so... I had to learn a lot of things. I had to do a lot of growing up. And, but it was, it was a blessing because I knew that now looking back, um, I, I'm using a lot of those things that I've learned in the beginning, most especially being a homemaker and a full-time mom. And it was easier now for me. Mm. It's an easier transition now that I'm home. So, and I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. uh, what have you learned over those many years um, in terms of how the gospel ministers to, to, to marriage and to being a husband and a wife? You want to go? Oh. Um, I think uh, my greatest lesson is to trust in him because um, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And in any trial, he's there. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, definitely. Um, as we think about being able to rely on the Lord, mm-hmm. his faithfulness, uh, the grace that he gives to us. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's great. I think for me, just have a greater appreciation for my wife. Um, you know, because uh, I've heard stories that, you know, as your kids grow up, you know, you're so focused on them as they were growing up with school and all of that, and the focus is on them. But once they start growing up and they don't want to be a part of you <laughs> or they don't want to hang out with you as much as, as you did before, then you have to look at each other. And that kind of scared me. You know, I'm like, I didn't want that because I already had, the, I felt like the, we already, I already had the history with both my parents uh, going through that. And just, just the sadness of, of, you know, the things I remember. So I really prayed and asked the Lord for, for his help on that. And, and I can honestly say that I, I appreciate her more uh, now than before, um, just because of, um, yeah, just because the Lord has seen, allowed me to see the, the treasure of our relationship and just the blessing that, you know, it's, it's amazing because I know people, you know, and that's why I wanted her to come <laughs> here because Apart from uh, knowing the Lord and, and, you know, from a young age at that time, 
uh, he has given me such a wonderful partner, such a wonderful helper in my journey so that <laughs> I'm able to see just how precious um, life can be. And, you know, with all the challenges growing up, um, uh, seeing that, looking at our kids, looking at their lives, how, I mean, it's way beyond uh, what I have envisioned growing up and when it comes to relationship. So definitely learn to just be thankful, learn to be trusting, but just learn to appreciate for, for everything that yeah. we do, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we don't even know what we need until God gives it to us. <laughs> but yeah. that's, that's um, the, the, the husband, the wife that he gives to us is often exactly what we need and yeah. it's, it's the, the blessing of God in, in marriage. And so I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Um, you, you shared about having people over to your house, um, hospitality here at the church. Uh, Raquel, you're, you're serving in hospitality ministry um, frequently. Uh, what are some of the ways you've seen God use that gift that you've had uh, for the church or for the people who come to your home? Well, um, I think there's really something special when you have food around. There's more people attend. And um, it just gives the people a chance to be able to be comfortable when they're eating and to just talk about, to, to just, first of all, take the time to stay, eat, and then have to be able to have the chance to sit with someone and just chat and just catch up with other people, see how they're doing, see how they can pray for one another. And it just builds a different bond after you've had a meal together. Yeah, so. it, it puts people at ease. Yes. It opens them up. Mm -hmm. uh, and we see Jesus very often in the, in the Gospels having meals with people and building those relationships with people. Um, in, in what ways have you seen um, the, the gospel shine forth? Are there any stories of people just receiving Christ or, or being open to the things of Christ because of those, those, those hospitality opportunities? Um, in our old, when, when we were attending our old church, um, we would have just meals with people, random people. We don't even know. From the church? From just, the church yeah, okay. or someone who is attending. Or we would call workers from the church. And that's the way that we can minister to them. And some of them, you know, they would even say, oh, this is my first meal of the day. And so it's just a blessing to be able to at least give that uh, person a meal. If, you know, whether he can afford it or not, but just to be able to be there and serve them that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and so showing kindness, being able to uh, spend time with them, hear their story. Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of that, you know, like you said, it, it, it works out better over food. Yes. And, and it's enjoyable <laughs> and people, people remember that. Um, in some ways, that's kind of missing in today's society. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not as prevalent where you just go out and have a meal with somebody um, what, are, what are some ways that you would encourage, and of course, hospitality is not just all about food, mm -hmm. but what are some ways that you would encourage people today to be more hospitable um, and to be more engaging in terms of intentional relationships? 
Mm, yes, I think the first is to pray about it, is to really seek the Lord to ask for His help. Sometimes, you know, not everybody has that willingness to open their home. So probably it's not even inviting them to your home, probably having a coffee or, you know, just inviting someone to go to Starbucks and have and read the Bible with them. It doesn't necessarily be a formal event where you can you have to cook for them a meal and have a three hour discussion about something, but just just a quick 15 minute, you know, 20 minute meeting with them and just be intentional, be prayerful to what you want to know about them and how to pray for them and um, serve them. So a lot of it's just openness. Yes, um, willingness. Willingness, <laughs> listening to the Spirit um, who's, who's telling you, you got you to talk to this person, you got to spend time with this person. Um, so I, I think that's good. A lot of us are just way too busy. We don't yeah. have enough time that's scheduled for those things. So yeah, that's, mm-hmm. I think that's, that's great. Um, so, so you've been serving um, not just out of, out of the home, but also here at the church uh, in terms of hospitality ministry. If I'm a, a new visitor coming to New Life Church, uh, what are some of the things that you hope I experience that first Sunday as, as a hospitality team member? What are some of the things you hope I experience? Um, well, I, hopefully when you first see us, we have the coffee cart or the hospitality cart. And, and you're smiling. Yes. We're, we're, well, behind hopefully the mask. Hopefully we're smiling. <laughs> behind <laughs> yes, behind the mask. And just to be able to feel welcomed that we won't scare you away and that you are welcome to come in and, you know, we won't ask a lot of questions if you don't want us to. We put, but... our, we put our least scary people up <laughs> <Yeah>. front. <Yeah. laughs> and just to be able to attend, at least, you know, to just be able to have you go inside and experience the people. Because a lot of new visitors, they're, they're going to a new place, they don't know anybody, and, and they're not sure, do I mm-hmm. want to go inside those doors? What am I going to meet? What am I going to experience? So you're just trying to put them at ease because yes. they, they came to the church to come, mm-hmm. but but they're still probably a little hesitant. Yes, so just to make them feel a little comfortable mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. less scared. Yeah, yeah, good. So try to welcome them and, mm-hmm. and, and greet them and uh, give them that opportunity. That's, that's good, that's good. Uh, Jerome, are you on the hospitality team? Only if I'm called to be. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you're you're more scary than, than yes. some of the. Yes, I'm more the, the behind the the scene guy. You don't want me to be in the front. So we get the donuts. <laughs> I get the donuts. We bring it to her. Usually she's got a wonderful team to be there and and to just welcome people. So I'm more towards behind the scene. But yeah, definitely when it comes to hospitality. But by, by the way, funny story. Yeah. This week we just had somebody say that the reason they come to church. Is for the donuts, not not our church, but but um, that I was I was just talking to somebody about that, and um, so so do not discredit the value of hey. donut ministry. There you go. Yeah, sorry, I, sorry for interrupting. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. That's good because uh, you never know. You know, mm-hmm. people have different tastes, and sometimes just being comforted with certain food it makes a big difference. And I've seen that, you know, with with people, but. I mean, for me personally, when it comes to hospitality, I think this is where I've learned to accept that this is what the Lord is doing in her life. Because growing up, it was always an inconvenience in my part 
because, oh, okay, that's good, you do these things, but she needs help, so who does she go to? <laughs> to me. So that takes away my time to do whatever I think is good for me. So, but the Lord even used that to grow me to really serve with joy like she does and to be more uh, willing to be open um, and to be able to just trust that in the end, it, you know, that the Lord is using her in many ways and her giftedness. So my job is to just not complain and just do what I'm told. <laughs> and in the end, everybody's blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're that serving your wife, you're serving the Lord, yes. you're serving the church. Yes. So that's still a challenge to me because sometimes I get kind of just tired, but I see how it benefits, you know, so many people. Mm. Um, and I've seen that many, many times. So that's kind of my role is just, she has a vision, she's got a plan, and I'm just there to support her. Um, definitely, I want to, you know, be there for her because, you know, she needs the help. But in the end, just seeing how it benefits so many people. Yeah. You know, um, I, you know in the end, we're, I'm just rejoicing that I can be part of it. So... First Peter 4 talks about some have the gifts of speaking, some have the gifts of serving, mm -hmm. but all of it is to uh, benefit the Lord. Yes. And, and so uh, I'm so appreciative of both of you and your gifts of serving um, here in the church. Um, Jerome, you're also serving in our children's ministry. Um, before COVID, it was Awana, and then we had to make a quick shift, and you ended up uh, helping to direct our children's Sunday school. Yeah. What has that been like during a pandemic with all these little kids and trying to get them to learn God's word? Uh, what were some of the, the things that happened this past year? Um, I think, yeah, because I, I don't know if you remember, but <laughs> one of the things that I didn't want to do is be part of Sunday school ministry because I really enjoy the preaching. Mm -hmm. And I was used to coming to uh, my old church where we had two services. So... I was going to miss one, you know, the service if I was going to go. But I think it helped me personally as a believer just to understand, number one, um, even just the person who was, who's been helping in this ministry and just seeing the fact that there's so many things that she has to do and she's got great responsibility. And here I am, I'm complaining about, you know, when my kids are all grown up, you know. So I felt like I just needed to pray and I just needed to really just trust that I'm in this position for a reason. And um, and great confirmation of that is just to have my, my wife to encourage me to do that. And also just to the, the people that he drawn to come and help. And I think for me, that's one of the greatest joy because I think we, it's been like a, just a year after we became members so we didn't really know much, especially the pandemic. We didn't just threw help. you right in there. <laughs> hey, exactly. So, you know, um, after a few months of respite, which was really needed, um, 
we didn't really know much people at that time, so it gave us an opportunity to establish relationships, especially with those that had volunteered during the summer of the pandemic, um, and kind of get to know them more as, as other believers, as brothers and sisters in Christ. And that helped me to, to see that, you know, because when, when I first started with Awana, I felt like the concern was, do you have enough volunteer? And I'm like, okay, is this a thing? Because this is not what I'm used to. You know, the other church. You came from a bigger church. And, yeah, yeah, so we're dealing with, you know, hundreds of kids, and the Lord always provides. And I'm like, what's, there's not much here, so why would it be a problem? So, but again, it's just the testimony of God's faithfulness, drawing people to come and help uh, and to be part of it. And some, the, the same people that helped us uh, from Moana had transitioned to Sunday school. And so just to see the Lord's hand in that, it's just such a great blessing. And, and just the opportunity to still continue uh, doing Sunday school um, itself through Zoom, uh, again, it's a testimony of God's goodness. Yeah. That even though that's not the ideal um, situation you're in, that the Lord has provided a way for, for us to still be connected with the kids and for me to connect with the, the volunteers so that they can do what they, you know, what God has called them to do. Yeah, no, that's great. The technology that we have yeah. these days allows that to happen. Yeah. Um, we've had kids coming from other churches. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, it's, I mean, just a blessing um, to be able to have that. Um, but, but how did you first start getting into children's ministry? Because you were, you were serving. How, how many years have you been in children's ministry? And how did you first start to, to get into that? Um, I would say uh, it, it's a funny story because when we first came to the other church that we went to, our kids were still very young. Uh, we didn't think about children's ministry uh, for ourselves. We only thought of it for our kids. Uh, but And I was at that time going through some classes. In fact, it's grace evangelism, and I really enjoyed it. And I would spend... Um, uh, Sunday afternoons uh, doing outreach as part of what we're supposed to do, the training. So, you know, I love doing that. And then I would have Raquel go home for lunch and then they would come back uh, to church for, for night service. So that was our um, routine. Yeah, routine for a few months. And then finally, we needed to make a decision on what we were going to do with our oldest child, uh, Raniel, at that time. Uh, we didn't really feel good about sending her to public school. Uh, we felt like it wasn't really, the school wasn't, you know, good enough to, for us to feel comfortable with. So we decided homeschool, which is very unheard of. Um, but they offered a class called uh, Teachers uh, Training. Training. And we said, hey, let's just see how that goes. You know, but we didn't know it was related to Sunday school. You thought it was for homeschool. <laughs> yes, some training at home or something. So I said, okay, let's go sign up. So we did. Uh, so we took the training, and we, I remember the first conversation that we had with the person. And, and he said, and we told him, you know, sorry, uh, just to let you know that we're just here because our daughter's going to go to home, you know, to, we're planning to homeschool our child. So we just want to see if we can get some pointers, um, you know, from this class. So he said, okay, fine. So by the end of the class, they posted basically, they made an announcement, hey, we need teachers at this, this, and that. You know, there's a three-year-old class that 
we need we need helpers, volunteers. So if any of you are interested, and then Raquel was the one that told me, hey, we should go. And I'm like, you know, no, not really. I don't not interested in that. But she said, yeah, just, you know, I feel like that's a good thing for us. And for me, I'm so thankful because that gave us an opportunity to serve together. When I was doing the outreach, it was just me. You know, I enjoy it. I love it. Uh, but it was just me. So she would, you know, so that became an opportunity not just to be part of Sunday school, but for us to minister together. So that's number one. And then number two is just to, to you know, to teach three-year-old the Bible. <laughs> it was very intimidating. Uh, but throughout the years, the Lord has faithfully given us teachers to observe, curriculum that we are able to uh, use to help communicate the gospel and, and the Bible lessons to the kids. Mm. So I'm thankful for the opportunity, which we didn't really intentionally wanted to do in the first place, but the Lord again has His ways, you know, that we can serve together and also serve um, th those kids that we're in. So we were doing that for 15 years. 15 years. Wow, that's great. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and then and then now you're involved in the children's <laughs> ministry here in New Life and um, we've had a few of our kids go through yes. the Sunday school as well. Um, so I'm grateful for that personally. If you, uh, as you think about teaching kids, I mean, they, they think on a more uh, simple level, straightforward level, um, how do you explain the gospel to a child um, when they're in your Sunday school class? Um, you know, in regards to keeping it simple, yeah, it, it is, because the Bible can be very complex. But one thing I really enjoy about being in children's ministry is the fact that um, as long as you know the gospel, you know, you, there's, a, there's a fun way of being able to teach it. Um, I, you know, so it's either reading a book about sin, you know, about, you know, it's just daily things. A fun book about sin? A fun book because, <laughs> you know, these are things that kids do that they don't really think it's that bad. Mm. And so they can relate to it. Um, so from then, I would just transition into what does God think about that? And, you know, it's either disobeying your parents, not following, you know, with, with a willing heart. And I think one thing I enjoy about the kids is they are very transparent. You know, they're not that callous yet <laughs> when it comes to the gospel. So um, it's good to be able to communicate with them the, uh, the need of why we need Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's a very simple way of, of allowing them to know, like, you can try to be as good as you want. And most of the kids do. Um, but they also know, uh, thank God for the conscience <laughs> and thank God for the word that it reminds them that no matter how good they try to be, um, you know, that's not going to be good enough. Mm. And so, you know, uh, I have, you know, it's, it's so 
refreshing to be able to allow them to hear that and for them to acknowledge like, oh yeah, I, I, I can't. So I always like to you know, ask the question, so what, you know, what can we do? If that's the case, if there's, we're gonna be judged, the, the judgment is hell because you know, God hates sin, God is holy, then what, what must we do? And so in many ways, being in children's ministry for a long time, a lot of kids, they, they know a lot of these things. Like for example, myself, you know, like I said, that we, we, uh, I celebrate Christmas and I celebrate um, Easter, Passion Week and all of that. So I have some head knowledge, but really the, um, it's not only when you, t you know, it's not until you have a, a personal understanding of why Christ came. And it's so neat to, to hear that, you know, to, to see the kids first kind of feel kind of uh, guilty <laughs> because they know they've done that, but just also to have the sense of comfort mm. to know that why, this is why Christ came. They're, they're putting it all together. They're yes. starting to see how the story yes. fits together. Yes. And I love how kids always have questions. Yes. They, they have so many questions. They're always trying to understand. Mm -hmm. Um, so part of it, your job as a Sunday school teacher is is helping them to process yes. all the stories they've learned, all the things they know about the Bible, yeah. and, um, and and sometimes you get that opportunity to, to lead them to Christ and, yes. and to see them continue to grow in the Lord. Yes. Um, and, and that's that's a, a blessing. Um, that's that's something that I'm hoping for as a parent. Um, and you work with a lot of parents, so. What are, what are some encouragements that you can give to parents of, of young children as, as they're trying to raise them in the Lord? You can go first if you want. Um, one story that I think I, I remember is when Jerome was teaching about hell. And one of, this, one of the parents on our four-year-old class came back to him and it was years afterwards that we had her, his daughter and he said, until now, my daughter is talking about how you talk to her about hell and she does not want to go there. And so I think the awareness, I, I, I kind of heard myself through her and that was how the Lord led me because I was so scared of going to hell. And so the, just the awareness of, not wanting to go there, I think, is, is one of the things that I think um, is helpful to just make them realize that there is a consequence to, mm -hmm. to our sin. Yeah, there's some life beyond this one. Yes. Yeah. And so for you to not go there, here's the answer. And mm -hmm. here's, you know, the Lord who gave himself up for you. And that's the opportunity that uh, the grace that he has given us so wow. yeah i think i think a lot of um i mean teachers parents today would say well you shouldn't talk about hell because you might scare kids yes. um, but your story this young girl's story i mean even looking at my own story uh, had to do with an understanding of of hell and mm -hmm. and the uh the judgment to come and so yeah um well, I'm, I'm grateful for your ministry. I know you don't just only talk about hell, um, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for your ministry. And, and, and what other encouragements do you have for parents? Well, I would say that, you know, there's um, just important, putting importance in uh, the word. Uh, I think 
one thing I always try to remind myself and other volunteers is that, you know, the kids come, you spend a, a couple hours with them, but as parents, they see you every day, <laughs> most of the time. So the influence there, we only have a, such a short time. Um, as much as we are, you know, we try to communicate, we try to have fun with them. In the end, they have to go home <laughs> yeah. and they spend time with their parents. So as a parent, I would just say, you know, uh, being transparent with um, your relationship with God, I think really helps. Mm. Um, and spending time in the Word, so formal teaching in a sense. Not necessarily, you know, you have to know so many in-depth stuff, but just being faithful um, to just read the Scripture together. And I mean, kids are very curious. Like you said, they ask a lot of good questions. They ask questions, so naturally it will come. And even if you don't have all the answers, don't be intimidated because that's why you have the church. You have your pastors, you have your elders to come and we're here to support them also. So um, just being faithful to do that and just understanding that the formal teaching to develop that in a younger age, it's really helpful because as you grow older, situational uh, experience uh, teaching also comes because life comes. Like for example, this morning, um, you know, we end up praying. We, we started our review Sunday praying for one of our um, Sunday school teachers and his desire to be a faithful witness uh, to a friend who was, who was Jewish, who was going through cancer. And we were in a process of, of, we just went through the first seven chapters of Acts and we talked about witnessing. So the relation, the relationship of what we're trying to learn in when Jesus told his disciples to be, you know, that they will be uh, witnesses. It's the same thing that we, we do today. Wow. So there's a connection yeah. there. So you're bringing real life, everyday yeah. life back to the Bible stories. Yeah. And you're showing how as a Christian you would mm -hmm. live it out. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So it's not just some story that has no relation to what we do. It's everything that we try to do. And, mm -hmm. and even prayed for the, the you know, there's the fire. Uh, in, in Malibu. So even just then, just asking, uh, praying together and asking God to to care for those people who are affected, even the firefighters. Yeah. Because one thing that we can't shield the, the kids is what's around us. Mm. Even the pandemic had taught us so many things. They, they hear all about it. Yes. Yeah, they they want to know how to process it. Yes. And so, so, you know, I think it's an encouragement to parents to say, yeah, talk about these things at home. Yes. Live out your faith at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the kids, when they see that it's real, it'll mm -hmm. be something that's attractive to them. Yeah, and the Word, God has given us the Word mm. to give us truth, to allow us to understand that everything that's happening here, we can make, we can make sense of it through the lens of the Scripture. Yeah. And I think in many ways, if you as a parent, you know, as you pray and ask the Lord to help you to uh, grow in your faith, um, and just modeling it before your kids and you're teaching it, um, that is the greatest uh, influence that we can give to, you know, to your children. Whether what they do with that in the end, it's between them and the Lord, but it helps a lot when they see it in you as parents. And I think one thing I wanted to also um, include is the fact that um, as parents, one thing that benefited us when we were raising our kids is to be part of serving in the church. 
And the reason for that is because we end up having our kids serve with us. So they were our, um, uh, what were they called? Yeah, servants for Christ at that time. So we were Sunday school teachers and we had both our kids as Sundays, you know, as our helpers. So they see, you know, they, they, they know, they hear what we're teaching and then they even ask questions in the end, you know, when we go home and they see the, the kids' reaction to it. So they, you know, they're involved in your world. Mm. So my suggestion is, you know, grow in, grow in your, your time in the Word, grow in your walk, but also use, uh, you know, volunteering service time as an opportunity to bring your kids also. Yeah, so serve know. together as a yes. family. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we're thankful for how the church has, has definitely allowed us to do that. Yeah. You know, growing up. That's great. That's so. great. Well, thank you. Um, uh, I'm so grateful for both of you, uh, for your life and your ministry uh, here at the church. And uh, thank you for joining us on the <laughs> podcast. Uh, this is a fun uh, time to hear a little bit more about your story. and. And I hope that it's a blessing to everybody who continues to hear it. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. A special thank you to Lowell Sue for technical and audio support, and our host, Tom Sugimura, for preparing this interview. My name is John Park, your producer, and I hope to see you again next Monday. Until then. Forget